What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, shoes? In kayfabe. Okay. What is what are Nick Aldis's credentials to be SmackDown general manager? Oh well, clearly, to be a general manager, you need a British accent, right? I was, like William. Okay. Regal. <laughs> All right. You got you went right to it. William Regal set the precedent. It's like as mm-hmm. soon as the man comes in with a British accent and a nice suit, everyone just looks around and says. That man knows what he's doing. Hire him on the spot. <laughs> exactly. That, hey, listen, that works all in all in all facets of life. You put yeah. on a nice suit, get a British accent, a convincing one. Yeah. You can probably talk your way in any job. All right. So you know that guy Pierce Morgan, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> before yes. before I knew any of his views, I just assumed he was like a, a, a guy who knew what he was talking about. Just because I always seen him in a suit and a British accent. Like that's mm-hmm. the, the telltale sign. Of just of just getting to do and say whatever you want. Now, well, as the oh. years go on, you find yeah. out he's a complete nincompoop. But mm-hmm. <laughs> he's very pro wrestling. That guy. Very and, and so that, there is a, there is a, there is a line there. Yeah. Definitely. No, you're right. So he's got the suit. He's got the British accent. He's a former NWA champion, which yes. so so is Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce. Yes. So yes. you know, apparently that's on the criteria list, or at least it it you know it helps then. You know what um, that means. What <laughs> that means the Funkosaurus is Tyrus. <laughs> Tyrus Tyrus has a has a has a straight line shot to possibly be a a, a Raw or SmackDown general manager one day. All this though is like relatively young. Yeah, he's got a lot. Like, do you think there's a future for him in the ring? I think so. I mean, I think so. Uh, I always thought. Me personally, I always kind of wanted to see Scrap Daddy get get busy once or twice, but you know, it, it, it's kind of his sort of prerogative. But Nick Aldis is still kind of. In his prime, right? Like, he's been in the TNA mix. He's been in the NWA mix for a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you see him in a suit. He's still 
clearly looks like he can go. Like oh. he's built like a tank. Uh, but you know, I, I, it's been so long that we've seen general managers get physical. You almost forget that it kind of used to be a common thing. That I would, I would, I wouldn't mind if one day we get a scrap daddy Nick Aldis. <laughs> Uh, showdown. Let's go deep like on the general managers. We got lots of GM talk. SmackDown GMs, it's a it's a storied history. We got a new one. Uh, there's a lot to talk about this week, this this wonderful Monday. Let's start the show. Mm-hmm. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to them. And you're listening you're to... You're listening to... And you are listening to... And listening you're listening to... You're listening to... You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Welcome to the Mask Man Show with Kaz. Mask Monday. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. It's a good Mask Monday. The Jets won. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great wrestling this week. Yeah. Uh, we got a whole lot to talk about, man. Let's get right we, to it. We do. Uh, I do want to run down. We're going to go through the history of SmackDown GMs. What the hell? It's already pulled up on my screen. Uh, we'll, we'll do the whole thing. Let's talk a little bit about Collision. Okay. Let's get um, to it. It's a... It was a weird show, man. There mm. was like so much to love. I enjoyed it every step in the way. On the rewatch, it sort of fell apart. I don't know. This is. I'm gonna get right into some nitpicking. I know what you're gonna say. I think I know what you're gonna say. But let's let's roll with it. What? Can we not just have a blanket rule in the world of pro wrestling? As a matter of fact, I'm sure there is one that people have said out loud before. Feels like a Mick Foley thing. Can we just have a blanket rule that you don't? do low-key, silly shoot stuff in your promos against guys that you're not actually, like, deep into a months-long feud with? Yeah. Like, why are you... If you're Adam Copeland, why are you saying Ricky Starks looks like a little rock? Like, why are you... Like, what? It's... And then then Starks is going back at him, and the whole thing was just so bizarre. It's like, you should be... Like... I mean, I'm I'm biased because I grew up watching Memphis Wrestling, and, like, all the dudes there were like, Five five and like you know, and half drunk. But like the <laughs> point is that like like they had to make each other look good. That part of kayfabe is just being like, I know you could kick my ass given the right moment, but tonight I will kick yours. Right? right? You right. gotta like you gotta gas the other guy up and not just be silly out there, right? Yeah. Um, I saw online. I didn't get to watch Collision as it happened, but I saw it on a rewatch. But I definitely saw the clip as it happened with uh, Adam Copeland. Uh, I'm just going to say Edge one time just so Brian can hit the, hit the horns. Uh, that Edge <laughs> called uh, Ricky Starks a, a mini rock or a little rock because he had a silk mm-hmm. shirt on. And mm, mm, I didn't love it, man. Like, th- there's, a, there's a lot for me to, you know, uh, I don't want to be too critical of AEW. I feel like they get enough of it as it is. Uh, and, and I'm trying no, to no. just find this the- is not a problem. This is not an overarching problem with AEW. This no. may be a specific. This, there was a lot of stuff going on in that thing. There was like, it felt like it was. Uh, it this- felt like everybody got the outline, but nobody talked about what was going to happen in the ring. And maybe this is just an overabundance of we don't script ourselves things. But there was like. I, Brian Danielson was like beating up security guards who were not, to the best of my knowledge, like 
workers. I mean, or like, you know, they weren't like part of this. I mean, I think, Jake, I think Jake Christ was one of the security guards. No, so, so workers, yes. But like, yeah, they, yeah. it was like, did, did he think that they were working for Christian? Because as a viewer, I was not under that, uh, under that presupposition. Mm -hmm. And everything just sort of was off the rails. Christian was saying, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, there was so much weird stuff. FTR was like at the end cutting like two different promos at the same time. Like they get it. They get, like, why are you talking about how you're working your way to the top? You get a title shot. Like I don't know. It's all so strange. It's like yeah. there's the whole thing was just like uh, I just felt like everybody just went out there and they were and they were just like talk and they were like all right uh, uh, try to propel a storyline here. I, I mean don't know. I, 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 that's that's that was you know when Adam Copeland was on the show uh, a few weeks back and. Uh, you know, he talked about just sort of what it's like being an AEW as opposed to WWE. Um, he said he knew going into that dynamite that he had to talk about Christian, but he didn't really know what he was going to say. And that was the first time he's probably felt like that in a long time. And, you know, um, I, it, it kind of, it didn't do Ricky Starks any favors. I'll just say that, right? Yeah. Like, I think at the end of the day, like as good as it is to have um, these guys there, um, you, you always got to put over your young talent in some way, shape or form, you know, well, and in the way that the young rock thing could be, you know, and you could say it online, people on social media can make the rock parallels all day long. But when you're somebody of that sort of stature and, you know, you say that about Ricky Starks, you know, like you're now, you know, you might un, un unintentionally have that sort of thing stick to him and it's not going to be a good thing going forward now, you know? Like, now you kind of put the good in the box. On the other show, you had LA Knight yeah. in the ring with Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. And if Roman wanted to, he could have been like... Right. I feel like I've seen right. all this before. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but they didn't. And and they no. did that with LA. And, and here's my thing, though. On the other hand, on the other hand... Um, I understand a lot of people had a lot of things to, to say about what uh, Adam Copeland said to, to Ricky Starks. But if Ricky Starks is who we all say he is, he should be just fine, right? Like, he should be able to handle that sort of, you know, uh, adversity when it comes to, to, to the promo, no matter what anybody says to him, right? Like, uh, if, if it's okay. Like, LA Knight, you mentioned LA Knight and the Roman Reigns promo, how they could have very easily went that route. But, you know, LA Knight's kind of, seen that like the Miz kind of threw that at him and he shook it off and he you know he kind of he kind of powered through it and he's it clearly hasn't has hindered him since then right like whether it's Kevin Nash whether it's the Miz whether it's a lot of people they've all kind of made the comparisons to like the uh the, to the uh attitude era you know legends or whatever but and in, in the case of Ricky Starks I, I think a lot of people felt a way about it is because I don't think people have enough what's the word belief uh -huh. in the company and unfortunately probably enough belief in Ricky Starks that he could handle himself if somebody calls him a knockoff version of the rock right like and you know saying oh, I was at the edge of my seat probably wasn't the first thing he would have said if he had a little more time to think about it but you could tell he had to be like all right I gotta I'm, I'm in the ring with the big boys. I'm in the ring with two Hall of Famers, one one certain Hall of Famer, one future Hall of Famer. And, you know, I got to, I got to, if I'm getting thrown in the deep end, I got to show I could swim. And if somebody puts you on that, on blast like that, you got to be able to swim.
as as much as probably you can give it to Adam Copeland and say he probably shouldn't have said something like that, and he's a veteran and it's not doing himself any favors by putting him over. Ricky Stark should be able to hand himself and and throw it right back to him, and you know, and still carry carry himself no matter what. In my opinion, yeah, I think I just don't like. <sighs> There's a lot of issues here. Yeah, but I guess whenever I hear somebody say something that's like real like silly and dumb like that, like, oh, you're just like a mini version of the rock, like whatever. Um, and it's not specific to him. It's, this is all throughout wrestling. It's like when you go low and you go dumb, you know, you go, if you're making the jokes in the ring that people are making on the couch, sometimes that's funny, wink, wink. It's got to be the right one. But for the most part, if you're really trying to insult somebody and you're just going low like that, then it sort of shatters. <laughs> you think it makes it more real because you're saying the real thing. Really, it shatters the whole pretense because mm -hmm. the normal comeback would not be something else dumb. It would be like, you're a fake fighter for a job. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Or like, like, look at you. How many illegal substances are you on to look that way? <laughs> it doesn't make you better, man. Yeah. You know, like it's just there's, like the, the, the low blows are so easy and you're just, and so you're just going to say the one silly one that can like make it past the sensors or the owner or whatever. And then what, then the other person's like, Okay, well, what am I allowed to say? You know, mm -hmm. like it's it's just I don't know, I don't know. It's I don't know. Anyway, well, that happened. And there was a whole thing <laughs> that's been booting him in the head that, that looked really bad. I don't know. There's like a lot of chemistry issues. A lot of chemistry issues, man. Um, it was a fun show though. I really enjoyed watching it. I love the Miro stuff. I love the Miro action Andretti, CJ Perry interaction. And more Miro is, is always good for me on TV. The more Miro, the better. I'm still not sure what's going on with CJ. But is this? I'm not sure how this connects to the, the, the CJ's debut. <laughs> it's a little bit blurry for me. Maybe I'll just have to buckle down on that one. Maybe. Uh, I like Samoa Joe Willie Mack a lot. I love. I always like to see Willie Mack on TV. Um, yeah. Overall, uh, it, it was it was a good show. Yeah, Keith I Lee, it was a good show. Those Keith good Lee shows. got a match. <laughs> Keith Lee looks like he's in pretty good shape, man. Like he looks like he dropped a few pounds. Um, mm -hmm. He's getting. Look like he's getting his win back, man. I, I whatever they need to do to reestablish Keith Lee as a guy, man. Please, just I don't, I don't care what it you is. You know what I'll, they should they should give him a nice fitting suit and a British accent. That's how you get somebody <laughs> over. He's got a guy accent. He's got a continental accent. You know, yeah. he sounds uh, like he sounds like a, a anime villain, anime superhero. Like yeah. it's it's very very. He talks very much like he has. A lot of important things to say when he yeah. talks, <laughs> you know. And he does. He uh, often does. He often does. He often does. But yes, yes. Save hashtag save Keith Lee, man. Get him right. Get him right, man. Please. Uh, um, over on SmackDown, though, some pretty pretty significant developments. Very significant. Yes. BFT apparently just is uh, is the new Stone Cold Stunner. As if I don't really mean to make more parallels between LA Knight and Steve Austin, but you're he's just getting them off on everybody, knocking folks out. Got Roman Reigns taking it like he just got like shot with a cannon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, he did was, good. It, was, it, it, LA Knight, LA Knight was you know LA Knight had those couple of flubs when he was shooting with the Miz. I'm, mm -hmm. In retrospect, that might have been the smartest thing he ever did, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. Because when he got the mic in front of Roman and he paused for a second, I was like, oh no, he forgot his lines. And then he comes out, and he does great. Yeah. And my expectations are like so, my so out of whack. Um. Yeah, he dropped a, he dropped a basic thugonomics <laughs> reference. You know what I mean? Saying, yeah. you know, talking like that's the quickest way to be put in the past tense. And it took me a minute to see what he was saying. I was like, oh, LA okay, Knight, that's there's a deep like cut. there are there are um He's like a deep, you, 
He's they're a YouTube key rap head, man. Yes, like, there are YouTube clip packages you can go find that yeah. is just like L.A. Knight just quoting like '90s rap lyrics, like Ice like, Cube, Dr. Dre, even yeah. even the with everybody saying L.A. Knight is a, is yeah. a playoff of everybody saying Snoop Doggy Dog. Like it's yeah, he's he's really he's really you know I love the deep cuts with L.A. Knight, man, and, and the butters obviously the first referee and straight uh you know uh, Yadas. Constructing Just, new Timberlands for those not a, not opposed. But it looks yeah. like our guy, by the way, Chris Hero is making a comeback in wrestling yes. in the Indies and stuff. But he's the he I'm not the original, but he he's the he is the the V one. Like you might not know this, but I'm really into into hip hop. So let me work some <laughs> of this in, guy. I lo- love love Hero. Oh, yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So La Knight. I mean, you know, I said it on the show, I'm not sure if he's ready to get thrown into the deep end just yet. But he he was he was swimming out there on Friday. He swam. He swam. The, uh, but we got Nick Aldis is the new GM. Jade Cargo backstage. Face, a lot of stuff happened. Jade Cargo went face to face with Charlotte briefly. Definitely a little a, bit of online chatter, a little bit of debate about is is WWE. Does this prove something about how they treat somebody like a star? When you look back and you say, well, "Wait, Jade Cargill debuted with like feuding with Cody Rhodes and teaming with Shaq," you know, mm. at, with like no reps. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was treated like a star too, but it's just a different. I mean, obviously, that's a very weird, one-off sort of situation. Um, I don't know that Jade is being treated more in a in a quantitatively like better way than she would if she had jumped ship the other way a month ago, right? AEW would probably be doing a similar thing, however, or might well be doing a similar thing. I'm not going to say probably, but yep. but I think it's it's less about the way you're treated in a vacuum and more about the way that you're treated as part of the fabric of the show. Yeah, and yeah, the little stuff, the shaking hands with Triple H photos, the 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 arriving in the car, which a million people have done, but then then going face to face with Charlotte, with Triple H there making the introduction. Um, yeah, it's a nice tease, you know. It gets things. It 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 really does feel like she. It feels like she's a big deal. She is, she a, big is deal. a big deal. She is a big deal. And on top of all that, yes, I will go ahead and say it. WWE is treating her better than AEW ever treated her, right? And yes, you can tell me about the Goldberg streak. Yes, you can tell me about the TBS championship. Yes, you can tell me about all this type of stuff. But at the end of the day, like I've always said on this show. Pro wrestling is not about wins and losses. It's not about titles. It's not about championships. It's about positioning, positioning, positioning. If you are being put in a position, if you are being showcased in certain ways that more eyes will be on you, that is worth more than any win, loss, or championship. And WWE is proving that. Jade Cargill has not stepped foot in a ring. She hasn't taken a single bump. She hasn't been face-to-face with any superstar except one since she's been on TV. She's been on all three shows. She -hmm. shook hands with DX, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. She's been on Raw. She shows up on SmackDown. And the first time you put her face-to-face with another female on the roster, you put her with her pretty much her her white doppelganger right just as far as like body body frame and and height and stature stature is concerned and charlotte flair and you put triple h right in the middle of it and you go online not even a few hours later and there was more talk and more discourse about a single frame on a television show than any match than anything about that streak, than anything about that title. Because yeah. even though the TBS title was a good look for her, 
a long time after a while before it wasn't made important it became an anchor when it became uh when when it was time to put jade cargo in front of any of their the top women stars in AEW, it never happened when it came to even any of her what? big matches it was either thrown on rampage she was sometimes on dynamite and you just didn't put her in position now is it because you probably didn't think she was ready as far as being in the ring is concerned sure but WWE seems to know that also, but it hasn't stopped them from making her look like a big star every single time out. And that's been the difference over here, right? Like, I seen Thunder Rosa make a comment on, on Busted Open talking about, wow, man, like, they, I, I'm seeing Jade Cargill all over my timeline. And, you know, she said, geez, if I ever jump ship, that's how I wanted to be treated. And yeah. newsflash, I think that was the point, right? Like, I think yeah. the Cody jump was the first thing. And you could say a lot of things about Cody. He already had his history in WWE. He's, he's a Rhodes, the royal family, mm -hmm. all this type of stuff that makes sense. The Jade thing makes it very different and very, I would say, enticing for wrestlers and, and every other company because she was somebody who was in, in, all, in all instances an AEW original. And she's been made to look like a bigger deal than she's ever had, even though she had a, a 64 match undefeated, 60, uh, 60 something match undefeated strike streak. Um, she held the championship, one of the longest mm -hmm. championship reigns in, in that company's she history. Did. But, You're right. It's about it's a, it's context, you know. I mean, yes. there's a, look at Nick. Yeah. We're just talking about Nick Aldis, right? Like you could say one thing about Jade Cargo and be like, oh well, it's Jade Cargo and she's not really a wrestler in the megastar. Look at Nick Aldis, bro. Like this is somebody who is an NWA World Champion. He didn't even get an entrance. He didn't even get an entrance when he came in, but he got yeah. in. He's right in the middle of Triple H and 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 Don Mysterio, the biggest heel, and in one line. He got over immediately. I'm a, big fan of your dad, I'm a big fan of your dad. And he was just over immediately. And everyone's like, okay, we like this guy. You know? Yeah. There's been a lot of honky-tonk man chatter because he just got his streak broken. But there's a reason why traditionally, historically, we talk about, you know, Macho Man or whatever. There's a million different inter intercontinental champions you talk about before honky-tonk man. He held yes. the title for a long time, but it's context. You know, it's yes. not like his, his in-ring legacy was that significant. And... And so it doesn't matter if you hold the what, TBS title for a million years. Or yeah. You know, it's just, it's a, it, but it is, it's a different thing, but she's being treated really well. I'm excited to see where that goes. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We also had the tag champs who were over on SmackDown retaining. Yeah. Uh, we got Kevin Owens officially, officially revealed to be the wrestler to be named later. Called it. We all called that. <laughs> I think at some point it just became like, who else is it going to be? And yeah. it, the whole and getting Sammy and KO apart is always a good, you know, a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, love KO. Love KO coming out kind of confused. Um, he should just embrace the wrestler to be named la- later <laughs> as part of his gimmick. Um, <laughs> It just he only enters matches at the last minute. You know yeah. he's always a mystery partner. Yeah, uh, he's he's. Uh, I mean, it was the right it was the right choice, and he'll be a good fit over there. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get some some Kevin Owens, L.A. Knight, unlikely friends tag teams or right. whatever. We'll have the Stunner and the, the what, yeah Stunner the, and the BFT. I could see it. I could see it. I'm more excited <laughs> for Sami Zayn being solo again. You know, I, I think yeah. I think there's some I think there's some money to be made in, in Sami oh, Zayn versus sure. versus Gunther. You know what I mean? Oh. Like I think I think that's a that's a good one. Yeah, like I, I'm now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, who's gonna be the guy that's to, to that's gonna get the most? Would get the most out of beating Gunther for that Intercontinental Championship? And I think Sami Zayn might be at the top of that list, man. Like he could be. He could, this could be his big moment that we think we've been waiting for him since, since you know. I, I guess WrestleMania and the Tag Team Championships was, was one thing, but as a solo competitor, I think, you know, he could be right in line to to be the one to knock him off that that perch. That's a good one. They have they do seem like they've been sort of milling about waiting for something. Maybe mm-hmm. that's it. Maybe, maybe. But, uh, I mean, obviously, the big moment on SmackDown was getting the, uh, the 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 pre the prelogue the epilogue to to the bloodline saga with Jay and Cody walking in with the tag titles mm-hmm. solo and Jimmy facing off maybe that's your crown jewel tag team title match and for a minute like they did that was, it was they did it so well cuz when they yeah. played the music right like i'm still thinking in my head oh they must have played the wrong music right they're not going to they're not going to have Roman and Cody cross paths right now, are they? Oh, they sure are. And then they sure and and it was just it was so perfectly done. It was just like yo, whoever, listen to me. People listen to this podcast. Close, bring bring your bring your ears close to the speakers. Turn it up on the headphones. All that jazz, whatever. If you are still in the camp of Roman Reigns shouldn't have won at WrestleMania. <laughs> After what you just saw on Friday Night SmackDown, I don't think you like good professional wrestling. I just don't think you do. Like, the oh, money, come on. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. The money is always in the chase. And as soon as we finally saw those two face off against one another, I started thinking of all the great 
world heavyweight championship chases in wrestling history, right? And they all usually take about at least a year. At least. I'm well, thinking... I'm yeah. Th- I mean, but the, it's not like Cody's been actively chasing him. No, but he hasn't had to. He's just been... He's been... He's been organically becoming the number one babyface in all of professional wrestling. Thanks to he, Jay Uso. Thanks yeah. uh, Jay and Brock and uh, yeah, you're right. Other things and 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 just being over as hell and great music and fireworks, all that type of jazz. I, I just I, I I said it in the last January leading up to WrestleMania. Uh-huh. That it would have been a mistake if they would have put the title right on Cody. It would have made it would have been a mistake because the like Roman just seems like Thanos when he walks in, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's just nobody in professional. Well, you're right wrestling. that like our Cody Rhodes is like the guy who can beat Thanos is yes, not terribly intriguing. It's Captain right. But like it's 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 Captain America versus Thanos, man. Like he's got the hammer. Like he's got Jay by his side now. He's a tag team champion. Roman isn't as strong as he was back then, as far mm-hmm. as the bloodline is concerned, you know. And now he's got a path to Philadelphia, which I think is going to be more intriguing than ever because I don't think it's a guarantee that he goes into the Royal Rumble. I'm almost, I'm almost. I'm almost willing to bet he won't win the Royal Rumble, but still ends up in the main event somehow. And the intrigue there, the face-off there, the fact that there was no action, all this getting in the middle of it, Roman not even acknowledging him, just saying, this is my show. This is my show. Like, get out my, like, pretty much just get out my way shit. Like, Mm -hmm. that would, (sighs) electric, electric. I mean, Kevin Dunn doesn't get a lot of props for his 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 insane camera cuts sometimes. <laughs> Certainly not. Go on. <laughs> but go back and watch like the beat drops just going from Roman to Cody to Roman to Cody every single time the beat changed on Roman's entrance music. That felt like it, it, you can't do anything better than that to get people excited. And and we're not even we're not even in the arena. For that, for 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 that match, we're not even in the, we're not even in the time zone yet. We're still we're still on the outer skirts of the suburbs, seeing like how are we going to get to this destination? And I'm excited, uh-huh. man! I'm super excited. How does Jay figure into it? How does Jay and Jimmy's relationship figure into it? How does John Cena? And I think this this John Cena solo thing, I think, has some legs to it because the John Cena Umaga uh, uh, rivalry that spans several years. Mm-hmm. I think could be something as well. There's just so much going on on SmackDown. And I'm telling you, the fact that Roman is still the champ and Roman isn't somebody who's on TV as much. And anytime he's on TV, it's a big fucking deal. Yeah. All adds to it. And we wouldn't have gotten that if Cody was already the champion. Sure. I'm sorry. They made the right choice. They're continuing to show you that they've made the right choice. And through that yeah. face-off... They've they've they have solidified that we're getting I mean, to, I, we're getting back. I agree back with there you. Somehow. I think they made the right choice, but I but I yeah, I don't know if it's so cut. We, we would have gotten something else. It's cut and dry, damn it! I believe I believe so. I'm staying. I'm it's my story, and I'm sticking to it. God damn it! Put no, my foot I'm down. I'm glad we are. I'm glad we are where we are. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, 
No, it was it was it was overall just a really fun. I mean, the the, the Cody Roman face off was just sort of icing on the cake. So many big beats, you know, so many big moments on that show. It just felt like it just felt really important. Yeah. You know? And now we got Nick Aldis out there. Oh, pretty deadly back together. They look great. They're, I mean, what a straw that stirs the drink sort of crew that is. I mean, Can't I hold you. I slept on pretty deadly for so long. I'm all in now. Yeah. I slept on. Well, they can lot. really work, which really helps, you know, which helps. It's not just a silly gimmick tag. Team. Right, right, right. They're sneaky good workers and they're, you know, the yes boy thing is funny, but you know, they are a, a show <laughs> with that much going on needs something like that. You know, and they have a great thing going on as far as their characters are concerned. They're entertaining as hell. And, you know, I'm not all the way in on them, but like this this past week with the with the injury and the and the and the miraculous return in the wheelchair with the with the with the shoulder injury and all that type of stuff. I was like, okay, all right, I'm all I'm in on these guys now. I wasn't before, but now I am. Okay, I have a weird question. Yeah. This isn't that weird, actually, but just kind of a random question. Do you think that the it didn't overlap a ton, but do you think that the shared history outside of WWE between LA Knight and Nick Aldis will ever come up on screen on WWE programming? Hmm. They overlapped a little bit in TNA and then a fair amount in the NWA, I think. Uh, do you think that will ever be mentioned? I'm sure, I mean, maybe they'll be like a hey. You look familiar, I mean, but do you don't think they're gonna? You weren't are the announcer is ever going to reference it. Well, here's my thing. I mean, we haven't had like a. a, a I, I hate to keep drilling in the Austin references or the Austin comparisons, but I mean, there's a way that you could have Nick Aldis and L.A. Knight sort of be that anti-establishment establishment sort of rivalry that we see. And in the beginning of the podcast, where we're talking there about there you hey, go. By the way, didn't even think about that, but that's why you you bring in a dude who can work. There you you go. There you go. Nick Aldis, I mean, I don't mean to belabor the point, but he's he's one of the dudes who probably should have been in WWE all along. He's a sort of perfect WWE guy. Mm -hmm. He's probably got a lot of legs left because it's not like he wasn't ever like a, you know, like a super work rate dude. So like, what, is he going to lose a step? You know, like whatever. And he's, I mean, there's, listen, there's a, there's a maximum number of people you can have that, that, Aren't, I mean, you want the most work rate guys you can have. You can fit some other dudes in, but sure. you know, whatever. But yeah, that's a perfect, that's a great point. You got a guy who you can feud with and work. Although he's got some history with Cody also. I mean, the first ever all in for the NWA yeah. title that, that was there. There's a whole lot of history between those titles. I mean, you know, if they could, if, if Triple H sort of lightly referenced both Adam Pierce's and, and Nick Aldis' NWA history and there's anybody that knows about it. It's Cody Rhodes. I mean, there's many other, there's many ways you can go to get Nick Aldis uh, physical in the ring and not necessarily a guy who works all the time, but, you know. Uh, I mean, he's not that old. He could just be, you know. Yeah. It would be weird if they didn't talk about him as a wrestler. Right. Like, why else would you bring him in? Right. You know? Right, right. And Triple H, if, you know, if what we're reading is, um, of course, it's it's legitimate with, with Sports Illustrated just talking about, um, you know, uh, Triple H getting full creative reins now as far as oh, like yeah. storytelling is concerned. I mean, nobody is more respectful to the history of like the NWA and like all this like, you know, uh, old school wrestling terminology and history than Triple H. So, I mean... Yeah, uh, the story... I mean, that, listen, this has kind of been going on for a while and I, and I was always... I mean the stuff that I know I don't I don't know well enough to really report and the stuff but the stuff that I hear is like 
it kind of felt like it was always edging this way, but no one really could gauge the motivations of the Endeavor folks, you mm. know, like, because they were very, really super rah-rah events at the beginning. And I don't know if that <laughs> changed or if that was just part of the act or what yeah. the thing was, but, you know, Vin- Vince is probably feeling a certain way about it right now. But it does seem like, I think that the, the I mean, first of all, I think that just sort of the, the creative stuff was sort of going to, skew this way eventually anyway right Right. i mean it's like once vince kind of went off the road once vince started you know stopped doing it intently it's pretty it's not like he's going to put in like just as many hours or even half as many hours like reviewing scripts from home right you know from his desk he's a hands-on sort of creative guy so it just sort of peters out you know and if he's not there in gorilla then like what what is your ultimate level lever of control you know, you can change as much as you want. People do make the changes that you that you say, but then someone else is 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 writing the script on the fly. So whatever. So I think it was all going to sort of evolve this way to a certain extent, but um, but it was reported. Uh, yeah, I mean, by everybody at this point. I think Alvarez is the one that, that said Ari Emanuel line as well. That's Triple H's job title, so we have to let him do the job, which is a very very shrewd corporate sort of corporate overlord move you know yeah. it's just like why don't you said you were going to do that but why are we paying this guy all this money to have this job title unless we empower him to do it you yeah. know and yeah yeah that's that's sort of where we are i mean it's and listen the you know seems uh, the, the the results seem to be bearing out so i know he's not ari gold but i still think of him as ari gold well he so. is i mean that's who that's who ari gold was based on. that's what he was based on so like and, and, but anytime like i think of like these these meetings i don't think of ari manual in in rooms with like triple h and the condiments man i think of ari gold like jeremy piven oh, yeah. <laughs> in the room with him and he's just like just you know yelling for Lloyd and shit and just <laughs> saying like, wait, what do you guys do before every match? What? You, you run through? What? It's like get, get, probably throwing laptops and shit. I'm sure he doesn't do that in real life, but I just watch way too much Entourage to, you know, not equate it with the same person. And it just seemed like the thing that made the most sense to do, right? Like it just felt like after, you know, uh, everything that sort of transpired and you purchase a company and you probably get, I don't know, a little bit of the the lay of the land. I think if you've surveyed enough people who worked at WWE or worked as far in the creative department, they'd probably all tell you, yeah, this guy's probably the best guy for the job. Like, you know, like at this current point and moment in time. Compared you know? to other people we've worked with, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it, it, it sounded like a popular decision. I'll say that. <laughs> it's not like a popular decision. It's just let, let Triple H sort of, you know, do his job. Yeah, and I think consistency is a, is a po- always a popular decision, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, well, whatever you think about this decision, we promise we're just going to let this sort of ride for a little while. Word. You know, and there's not- also been enough, I also think there's also been enough, uh, you know, uh, sample size of Triple H at the top of creative. That's what I was saying, where, yeah. You know, they were like, you know, this time last year when they were just absolutely hitting shit out the park, pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view, and then, you know, the Vince stories of him sort of coming back and the, the the purchase of the company and all that type of stuff. You know, there was a little bit of waffling there, but I think, you know, the ship's yep. sort of been righted again. And, you know, give Vince all the credit as far as being a guy who sort of helped create this whole thing and, you know, been at the top where the, the company's been at this biggest, uh, you know, but with mergers, with... <laughs> With can, companies being Vince, bought. we know you're listening to this. Thank God that you covered your bases there. <laughs> there, you, there you go. We know uh, absolutely, but at the same time, you know, um, we. I would say 
I've been in, I've worked in many companies when companies get bought out or there's mergers or there's, you know, certain changes within the top of the corporate structure. And, you know, a lot of the times, especially when it comes to creatively, because a lot of the times I've been in creative departments or editorial departments, the best thing to do is to keep things as steady as possible creatively. Mm-hmm. And all the other back end stuff, I'm sure that 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 would that will do whatever that needs to be done. But creatively, it always seems like that was that's always the 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 most steady step to take as far as anything is concerned. So um I guess that's a good thing, right? I guess I think I think they they made the right choice as far as uh letting Triple H sort of be the guy again. Unquestionably. Yeah, I think it's the question the questionable part, the unquestionable. Well, whatever. That part is the important part. Yes, yes, yes. We're just not going to have this conversation right now. No, we got, no, no, we're we're not. we got, we got, we got, we got, no, we got, not, we got a lot of other stuff to worry about. I mean, that's the message, right? Okay. So, SmackDown GM Nick Alves is in effect. Tell me, who is the greatest SmackDown authority figure of all time? I'm going to skip assistance to the general manager for the most part. <laughs> uh, and I'll note when we're talking about a blanket. GM or authority figure that covers the whole company. Yeah. Well, I want to kind of hone in on SmackDown. All right. So we had Mr. McMahon back in the day. And then mm-hmm. we have <clears throat> uh, Commissioner Shawn Michaels. Okay. Commissioner, that was uh, uh, August 96 to June 2000. Then Commissioner McFoley takes over. Okay. Okay. Until December 2000. Okay. Okay. Um, Lieutenant Commissioner Deborah McMichael. <laughs> or just Deborah takes over, and then the, William Regal officially assumes the role of commissionership March 2001. Mm-hmm. McFoley's back on for a while. Okay, this is where it gets fun. Ric Flair, remember, is the co-owner of the company. The consortium. <laughs> uh, but yeah. that was that was Flair. Flair is the co-owner, but he was on Raw more. So that was like McMahon, Vince sort of had SmackDown, right? Okay, okay. With Stephanie McMahon. Was the GM? Remember, she won the I Quit match against her dad. Yep. Um. So she's the GM. Then Paul Heyman, GM. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle. Here's the here's the good. Okay, then Teddy Long. Hey, come on now. July 29th, two thousand four to April tenth, two thousand nine. Longest reigning, I believe, GM of all time. That was the big one. And then Vicky Guerrero. Well, Vicky Guerrero had it in Vicky pe- had bits and pieces from 07 to twenty thirteen. Sheesh. Yeah, she had a run. I mean, that's that's not not a straight through. There's a lot of starts and stops there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for one night, Big Show was a temporary general manager. <laughs> they had Triple H as the COO. You know, obviously had control over the whole thing. Then we had John Laurinaitis was the GM of SmackDown people for power. the people power a couple months. Yeah, uh, skipping all the interim general managers. Uh, let's see. Booker T had a one night job. Uh, remember Kane as part of the uh, authority yes, was like the director of operations. Kane, yes. Um, Shane was the commissioner for a little while uh, in twenty. 20- oh no! Well, Shane was the commissioner from twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen. Is that possible? Oh my gosh! Yeah, he was. Yes, that was yes. my that was my era. <laughs> I know that was like yeah. You're, 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 you were there. Yeah, I was there for that. <laughs> uh, then, of course, Daniel Best Bryan. Brian, Brian Danielson had a two-year run at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, working underneath Shane, I guess, at the beginning. Um, you remember Paige? I, Paige is the weirdest one to say now. I still want to refer to everybody by their old name, but she's just Soraya now. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, she was the GM for, you know, three quarters of a year in 2018. And then we get to Sony Deville, Adam Pierce, and Nick Aldis. Now, who knows if Nick Aldis will ever reach the Mount Rushmore of SmackDown authority figures. But it's got, it's Vicky, it's Teddy Long, Shane. Oh, man. I'll throw Regal in there. Well, Regal's more Monday Night Raw, right? Yeah. I I think Regal had a nice run. But man, Teddy Long, bro, come on, man. I mean, come on. What are we doing? What are we discussing here? I always hated Teddy at the time. I just couldn't stand it. Oh. And when people and when people started ironically liking him in the modern era, I was just like, come on, guys. Hold this on isn't even brother. like <laughs> I mean, first off, let's 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 die. It's like back. you can like the I keep saying like the honky tonk. There's some you can like the honky tonk man ironically looking back, but don't act like you really like like have something nice to say about Mantar or whatever. You know, <laughs> like it's like it's it's just there's a point where it's just it's too silly for me. So listen, Teddy Long, I would say. In the greatest SmackDown in history, the greatest SmackDown moment in history was under Teddy Long's watch. And that was Teddy Long's wedding (laughs) with Jagged Edge singing Let's Get Married. (laughs) Bruce Bruce as as the pastor. Jeff Hardy dancing. Vince McMahon, the greatest... The greatest moment. I know they just did the, the top 50, top whatever moments on SmackDown on the Fox this week. The Teddy Long Wedding, by far the greatest segment in SmackDown history. And I will, I will, I will not hear anything of it. You got to remember, this is at the time it's on UPN. UPN. Mm-hmm. The blackest channel this side of BET at that point, right? <laughs> like, like, just, just, I mean, you talk about in the house, you're talking about one-on-one, just like, just, just black ass TV. And then you get Teddy Long, an authority figure, marrying marrying a black woman with Jagged Edge singing, Bruce Bruce as the officiator, Jeff Hardy, an honorary black guy in there, just loving it. You know what I mean? That, that Vince dancing. It was perfect. It was perfect, Dave. And for that reason, that reason alone, there's many other reasons. The tag team match player and hold on a minute and go one-on-one with the Undertaker, all that type of stuff. That, for that reason alone, Teddy Long, the GOAT authority figure in WS, definitely in SmackDown, without a doubt. So, number one with the bullet on SmackDown, but all time, give me Teddy Long, man. Dang. Well, I definitely Teddy come Long. around. The, the end of what I was saying before is that I've come around. I've softened my stance on Teddy Hart. He was a lot of fun. And all that stuff that you were talking about, that whole era was a lot of fun. No <laughs> doubt about it. Um, and, you know, for the same argument we're just making about Triple H, I like consistency. You yeah. know, yeah. I've enjoyed the Adam Pierce era on both shows, largely because it was sort of inconsequential. Yeah, he was very, he's he probably the most down the middle authority figure we've had probably ever. Like, I'll yeah, be ever, not, never, never shifted one People way can have other. an issue with him, but he's not like actively feuding with people. That's not right. his point. His purpose there is Except not. Except Ronda not, Rousey. Ronda Rousey was the only <laughs> one who got that smoke, which I thought well, was that's great. <laughs> that's the only time. Um, no, but he he's he's more of a functionary, right? In storyline terms. Yes. He just yeah, he's there when you need someone for a, a wrestler to yell at, but he's not there strictly for a wrestler, for a specific wrestler to yell at. Um so yeah, I thought he's done a great job. I'm glad that he didn't seem too saddened by losing that position. I'm interested now in your theory that he's gonna, you know, get to he's gonna play Mr. McMahon for LA Knight. I'm not sure if that's the right move, but I'm intrigued by it. Isn't true, uh, Brian. Yeah. Well, who's your who's your favorite SmackDown GM of all time? 
Oh, Daniel Bryan. No, there you go. Okay. He was good. <laughs> he yeah, was good. Yeah. He was good. He was no, good. No, no, no. Scratch that. Stephanie McMahon. I love Stephanie. So, That's right. So about that. Yeah. Like <laughs> after after Teddy, it's uh-huh. like a dead heat between Stephanie and Paul Heyman because that was, mm. you know, SmackDown 6 era. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, you go back and watch any of those SmackDowns and you have like opening matches with like nine Hall of Famers all in the ring at one time. It's like yeah. Eddie Guerrero, Edge, Ray Mysterio, John well, Cena, like just the ridiculous Batista. That, that era of Heyman just hit different too because he was like so um, energetic. You know, you would see he had so much like, he still had so much countercultural cachet. Uh, but it was, but he still got out of the way a little bit. You know, Stephanie was a, more of a character or more of like a, you know, she more central to the storylines they were going on a lot of the time. And, and, uh, but I love Stephanie too. I, I never had the issue with Stephanie that a lot of fans had. So, no, nah, nah. Um, I mean, Stephanie, Stephanie at SmackDown GM was the first time we got to see her as a baby face authority yeah. figure. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like kind of like the spoiled brat for most of her career. But once she got SmackDown, it was like, oh, she's actually competent. It's like, oh, she's yep. actually likable. It's like, oh, she actually has some charisma. And, you know, now, you know, it, it, she she's, you know, she's the legend that is Stephanie McMahon, obviously. But that was the first time people really got to... SmackDown was the fun show for a while, yeah. right? Like, the, the Raw was kind of under Triple H's rule. You know what I mean? And it was on Monday nights or whatever. But, you know, when, when Stephanie and Paul Heyman was running SmackDown, like, that was the fun show. That was the show with the young up-and-coming talent. That was the show with the, with the quality matches and all that good stuff. So, yeah, nah, Stephanie... Teddy, Stephanie, Heyman, and then, you know, everybody else, in my opinion. I think Regal sprinkled in there, but that that's that's the that's the error as far as SmackDown is concerned, in my opinion. So where's Nick Aldis gonna end up? Is he gonna make his way into the Mount Rushmore? Well, that remains to be seen, man. Uh, well, of course it does. I'm making trying to put you on the spot here. <laughs> it, it, I don't think he makes the I don't think he, he has to do a lot to make the Mount Rushmore because Teddy's not moving. Heyman's not moving. Stephanie's not moving. So you're in like a nine-way dance. <laughs> well, even, I guess what intrigues me about all this more than anything and why my my brain sort of starts shooting off whatever signals when you're talking about the McMahon thing is that we've been hearing this Nick Aldis rumor for a while, mm-hmm. right? This is obviously a dude that Triple H sort of wanted to or had an eye on for a minute. And on the one hand, you can sort of see it in the abstract, right? I mean, he's a very Triple H sort of wrestler, mm-hmm. very old school, very, you know, Looks like a wrestler. Triple H, I'm sure, you know, appreciates the suits and the British accent as much as the next guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so it's the question is, like, is Triple H sort of wanted, maybe he likes him personally and wants to bring him in, in the fold, you know? Or But or, but it seems, it just feels right to say that, like, if you've been trying to do this for so long, you must have an idea more than just, like, oh, I really think this guy would make a great producer. You know, I mean, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what the what that plan, if it exists, materialize. I don't know, man. Uh, I think that's one thing we kind of miss from, from Triple H, right? Like, even though Triple H is an authority figure for a long time, I think health-wise, we'll, we'll, we'll never see him in the ring again. And I think with Nick Aldis coming in as an authority figure, you kind of get that feeling back of, oh, this guy might be, he might, you know, he might get in the ring. Like, he he's perfectly capable of it. And, you know, I think even Adam Pierce to, to an extent, almost seemed, oh, uh, he, he didn't seem very 
confrontational, right? Uh, Nick Aldis, five minutes into his debut, completely buries Dominic Mysterio mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, shows that he ain't scared of nobody, right? And, and then a few moments later, he gets right in the middle of Roman Reigns and, and Cody Rhodes. And, you know, the dude is, he's a big dude, man. Like, he's got the, he's got the wrestler jaw. Like, if you got a good wrestler jaw, bro, like, yeah. he's got that, he's got that wrestler jaw going on where he's like, oh, yeah, like, if, underneath that suit, he's probably jacked to the gills and could give you a, a five-star match whenever he, he he feels like it. But what makes him more interesting, I think, is, you know, even though he's still relatively young, is I think his, he comes with sort of a, 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 a unspoken prestige, even if I never knew anything he did outside of WWE, right? Like, as if, that was my first time seeing him on SmackDown. The first thing I would do was go Google what the hell he's done in the, in the past and just be like, oh, God, like, this guy looks like he's kicked some ass in his life. And Triple H seemed to put him over as hell. And uh, yeah, like if this guy, he's as big as Roman Reigns. Like, it's, like they're, not, they're not too far off as far as size is concerned. So I hope Nick Aldis being a, a, the SmackDown GM sort of brings back that element of an authority figure that can get physical if need be. Yeah. Who's not um, no pump? Who's not no pushover? Basically, you think we could get a match between them two? I mean, Adam Pierce, like a. I know we don't do the uh, bragging rights or the that version of Survivor Series anymore. But yeah. you want to see those guys go one on one? Just, just once. Is that a, <laughs> what do you? I mean, listen, Adam Pierce was great, but yeah. like, is anyone dying to see Adam Pierce wrestle? I don't. For think a second, so. I was. For a second, I was. Because I'm, okay. I'm an Adam Pierce guy, man. Adam, I am Adam, too. Adam Pierce is my dude. Adam and Pierce, I love Adam Pierce. I like Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce. I mean, listen. I mean, he looks like he's still in good shape, and he was wrestling in the sort of one strap singlet in his in his last act anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I you mean, can pull it off. This feels sure. like the first time we could get two GMs that can actually... This could be the first time you could get like a three-star match out of two GMs. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It won't be. It. Is it the first time we have two semi-activist wrestlers That's what I was... as authority figures? It almost felt like it's always been a McMahon and someone else. Well, Adam or... Pierce is not semi-activist. He hasn't wrestled in a decade, but like you, someone who could conceivably... Re- I mean... He's closer it, than Foley, like well, okay, Foley th- and no, Brian. Well, this is... Know? Yeah, this is going to get into that argument about like, you know... Like who? Which team has the best starting five of all time? And you can always just say the Bulls because Jordan would have won with like five scrubs right. or whatever, but or four other scrubs. But like <laughs> Danielson, I mean Danielson versus literally whoever was running Raw might have gotten the best match. You know, might be the best possible match. True, true. But but this but is physical, incredibly compelling. Physical doesn't have to be full matches though. Physicals can be shoving, slapping, getting in people's faces, being just any sort of physicality. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a full on like 10, 20, 15 minute you know, exhibition. You know what I mean? It could just be two guys that are competitive with one another and it's friendly for now. But, you know, if Nick Aldis or Adam Pierce get into something, like, I could see, like, Adam Pierce slapping the shit out of Nick Aldis and him having to, like, have to pay, like, a fine or something like that or some sort of, <laughs> that's not how GMs carry themselves sort of thing. Like, you could build towards it. Like, where eventually, you're like, you know what? I want to see them go at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think I think it's the first time that the, the physicality doesn't have to be centered over just like a match or so, something. They can just kind of, I think, hopefully at one point, like competition gets the better of one of the one or the other or some underhanded 
front office tactics or <laughs> stealing a, a free agent or what? Okay, all right. Now, now we're somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, Jade Cargo okay. is the most sought after free agent within all three companies. So now we have two people who can be bidding against each other. Three. Mm-hmm. You got Shawn Michaels. You got Adam Pierce. You got Nick Aldis. All right. And what is Shawn Michaels' bid gonna? Is Shawn Michaels <laughs> is gonna do like the Bret Hart deal? Like I'll give you a twenty year contract. <laughs> I'm just saying, kayfabe wise, all of the authority figures okay. on each show is a guy who can wrestle. Right. Um, not saying it's it's possible that they're gonna wrestle, but now you have an opportunity to do some stuff that. You know, they're, they're all in recruiting mode now. They're all mm-hmm. in like, what's what's going to be the one thing that has Jade Cargill pick Raw over SmackDown or SmackDown over NXT or NXT over Raw or anything like that? Now we got to see their personalities and see what they do to attract free agents or anything like that. We saw a little bit of that with Eric Bischoff when he was running Raw. We saw a little bit of that at SmackDown when she was Stephanie McMahon, when she was running SmackDown, how she got Brock Lesnar over there, like, I want to see what these GMs do to attract free agents. I want to see them get in their Mark Cuban bag. I want to see what the benefits are from one show to the next. And personality-wise, I think that can lead eventually to some stuff that's physical and a payoff with one match. It yeah. could be a match. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll just leave it. I mean, that would be... that. that I just think there's... I don't care about my authority figures wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> authority figures should get beat up or you can wrestle, you know, but like you should be wrestling a wrestler. <laughs> uh, who, who cares? Nick Aldis. Anyway, um, I care about Nick Aldis. If he gave, if he takes off the shirt and gets in the ring. Um, it is a lot though. You know, it's sort of intimidating. If the guy in charge is a good wrestler. It is a little bit, a yeah. little bit. <laughs> anyway, um, so, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about Tony Khan before we get out of here. Do you want to talk about his tweets or about AEW ticket sales? What should we do? <laughs> wait, wait, which direction are we going to go? Brian, you want to flip a coin? Flip a coin. I'll talk about whatever. By the way, <laughs> so I'm just going to actually throw the ticket sales one. Just, just toss it. So the big thing is that they're like saving all the, you know, low gates by just like reducing the ticket prices. Now all these fans are saying, this is bonkers. I paid a hundred bucks or 200 bucks for my good seats. And now I see that there are, you know, comparable seats available online for 40 bucks or, you know, they're selling other ones that was for me 10. The first dynamite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, aside from the big pay-per-view shows, it does seem like you, the move is just to wait it out. Also, I mean, in their defense, they the, their first tour, the first time they were out there doing it, they were dealing with a ton of scalping, remember? I mean, they had to deal with all these issues where people would buy their relatively inexpensive tickets and then resell them, mark them up for a ton. So maybe the high prices on the front end are trying to keep out some of that noise. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it does suck if you spend a lot of money and then you realize you could have gotten it for cheaper if you waited. But at the same time, it's like you chose to spend them. I don't mean to be a nihilist about this, but it's in the Bible, dudes. I mean, this is the parable of the talents. You know, it's like no one took anything away from you. You know, um, they, you, you chose what to do. You got what you paid for, like whatever. Uh, but, but yeah, it sucks. And maybe, and I think in a, in a, in a perfect world, you, you know, my advice would be just go low with the ticket price. I mean, if you want to do the first four rows, the first three rows are just really, are super high, you know, let, let, that's part of the experience. Give the people some, you know, a, a swag bag and make it feel like it's, make them feel like it's worth their while. And then mm. let everything else be relatively cheap just to fill it up. That would be the right move. But if that just gets you in a whole big, weird scalping situation again, then I, I don't know, you got to figure out a way around that. But if it were me, 
I would just run it like a lost leader. Just fill up those houses, you know, and get people in there. They're running on, they're running this week in the metropolis of Rosenberg, Texas. That's right. <laughs> the hometown. Rosenberg, Texas is like when me and Peter do like a, <laughs> do some off-brand podcast about just like what we like to eat. You know, it's like, uh, but yeah, Rosenberg, Texas, which is a, as someone who lived in Texas for a decade can tell you, apparently a Houston suburb. <laughs> Houston is the worst, man. Houston, I used to see people meet, like in college, people from Houston would meet and they'd be just like, where are you from? And they'd be like, Houston, oh, me too. Where do you live? And then they would proceed to not have any idea what that where they've never heard of the name of the town that the other person was from. Like Houston is just like one million little weird towns that all get sucked together. What's the what's the D, the DX joke? Why doesn't uh, uh oh wait <laughs> wait why doesn't Mexico uh, wait no no why? it was Canada it was always wait, why doesn't the United States fall into the ocean because Canada. Canada sucks there yeah. it is there. Uh, geography but, uh, love it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so AW's out running Rosenberg, Texas this week. I just just get people in the arenas, man. Just run them like five thousand seat, you know, like just fun shows, you know. Like get people, just get people excited. It sucks because WWE for all the time for all of their, you know, nobody likes to hear that WWE the WWE business model of like the brand is the star, right? But yeah. like. There is a certain security in going to a WWE show where it's like, I really hope I'm going to see Cody Rhodes, but if for some reason Cody's hurt or sick, I know they're going to fly in some extra talent to make it worth my while and I will, my children will leave happy, right? But like, you look at these comment sections, these threads about the, the AEW ticket sales and people are like, I've been to five AEW shows and the only member of the elite that I've seen is Hangman. You know, it's just like, <laughs> there's a certain level of expectation that's hard to meet when you're a startup, when you're like, you know, working with a with a thinner roster and the guys they have wrestle and wrestle and wrestle and they go like crazy and it's so you know it's 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 impressive what they do mm -hmm. but the fallback plan you know if, if the stories aren't if, if storylines aren't bumping as you're walking in the door you don't know exactly what you're walking into so it's a it's a it's a whole different thing i would just have i would just go cheap seats let's just make it fun let's just do some you know let's get I don't even know. Let's hire some more legends just to entertain the crowd, just to, uh, like, during commercial breaks or something. You know, man, I, I, I have so many things I want to say, but I don't want to. I don't want to be somebody who's like, oh man, I, I can fix this because who can? Who can? Like that nobody, everybody, everybody online has an idea of how to fix AEW, get them hot again, and it's like. There's only really been three companies in the history of North American professional wrestling that have ever really been hot. And one of them is WWE and the other two are now owned by WWE, right? So it's like, if everybody had the ideas of how to make this work, like, uh, I'm sure we'd all be millionaires. But like, wrestling is a hard business, man. It is a hard business. Like, like I, I'm not a big fan of the Tony tweets. Obviously, I think it's a little, uh, I think it could be handled a little bit better. But mm -hmm. I mean, people really underestimate how hard wrestling is to get mainstream. Like it took so long for WWE to get mainstream. So long. And it literally took pop culture icons to, to help make that thing happen. 
And that came with a lot of down periods. That came with a lot of cold periods. That came with a lot of whack wrestling and the whack episodes of Raw and SmackDown. And we've all lived through them. And we've battled mm-hmm. through them. And, you know, with AEW right now, I mean, they're unquestionably in a period where they aren't the hottest at the moment. And they've just got to battle through. And a lot of times, whether it's a free agent signing, whether it's, you know, just a new different buzz, like, I don't know what it's going to take, but, you know, you can't just keep throwing money on a problem. You know, you yeah. can't just keep... It's, it's not as easy as just you know, buying some people or, or hiring folks that used to be at WWE that people used to mention, like, it's it's almost unfair. Like, now you look at what's what's happening with Adam Copeland, and I think people are, like, sort of unfairly, you know, saying, like, oh, well, this guy's not a draw now because whatever. And I don't think that's a fair thing to say because no. AEW had these problems before he got there. And now if Mercedes Monet comes over there, like, is she going to be the person that, that helps turn things around? And if not, then what? Now is, now is Mercedes Monet slash Sasha Banks not a draw? Is yeah. that fair to say? I don't think no. it's fair to say. I think it's I think it's a holistic issue with AEW that in pro wrestling, in a lot of companies that we've seen, you just have periods where you just not popping. You just got to, in my opinion, you could try a million different things, but... You just got to keep your nose to the grind, man. And, you know, last, last collision had a pretty good turnout. Um, you know, they've had some, they've had some great wrestling. I think, I don't think the product in the ring and, and the matches have suffered, but, you know, it's hard to break out of that wrestling bubble and get people that are mm-hmm. casually interested in your product. Yeah. When you've made so much of your identity, uh, You've made so much of your identity catering to the non-casuals, catering to the hardcores, and the hardcores will always be there. But you will not be able to break out well, of that bubble. But even the get, what do you do if you? I mean, it's a, on this scale, what are you catering to the non? I'm not saying you're wrong. I agree, but but catering to the casuals doesn't really do you anything either. I mean, what do you? That's like that's like come one, come all to the county fairgrounds, and you know, watch a watch a. Free day, you know, a wrestling, a free show of wrestling, and uh, it will give you a bag of popcorn. And that's whatever, why, you know? and that's why I say it's a hard place to be in. That's it why is. I say it's a hard discussion to have. Everybody could have their opinion on how to fix this thing. I don't know. I'm, I don't think a lot of people know. You know what I'm saying? But uh, a lot of times, especially with shows, especially that shows that in the entertainment, I'll just, I'll just brand it, open it up, and not just talk about pro wrestling, but just live entertainment. A lot of times, you just got to be able to grind this thing out and have it be a war of attrition. Listen, WWE is this like gigantic machine that has all these different revenue streams going at the same time. And you and and AEW is like that on another level too. But it's on some level, you have to say, when we're out there filming an episode of Dynamite or Collision or Rampage or whatever, are we a live show or are we a television show? Yeah. If you're a television show, then get the audience in there. People don't pay to go sit in the audience for shows in Hollywood. Right. <laughs> right. You wait in the line, you get in for free, you clap when they tell you to clap. Yeah. You know? And and if that's if that's the point, then that's it. You make your money on the TV show or you make your money off of sales. I mean, what? How WCW I mean, did it? WCW gave away tickets at one point just to get people into the ring. WWE does it. People WWE pay for it. They do it yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, I mean, it's, it's a different, we're on a different scale, but like, you know what? If you're in a band, you can fit. You can make. You can make these decisions for yourself. Do you want to charge fifty dollars a head to get into a bar and make, and no one's going to show up, or you charge five bucks a head and then maybe they'll buy a CD. You know, and also, that money goes in your pocket. But also, I'll tell you this, man. Like I was definitely offered 
tickets to go see Grand Slam. You got to make it enticing for people to want to go too. Like in some, some in some instances, like if you're going to Rosenberg, Texas, or going to wherever the fuck Colorado, you know what I mean? Like you can <laughs> give away tickets, but you got to make it. You got to make it a show people want to come Dipper to. Dipper scene, Colorado, I believe is what we're talking. About. Um, <laughs> or you go to Shoemaker, Massachusetts. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just <laughs> Shoemaker, Massachusetts probably exists. I'm sure it probably does. burn some witches there, dude. Um, <laughs> Yeah, probably. Definitely some Blair Witch trials going on in Shoemaker, Massachusetts. Uh, but not nah, like even even giving away tickets is only only kind of halfway solves the problem, man. Like, you know, get people in there, but also like make sure that that show is electric from from beginning to end. They have a pretty good track record of making shows electric. I mean, that's not really the issue. It's just the consistency, you know, and it's mm. like there's so many different things like you you just can't have people showing up and being and leaving disappointed, right? But the big thing is you can't you don't want people showing up disappointed. And the way the great way to have someone show up disappointed is to walk in is is to be waiting in line to get in and realize the guy next to you got better seats than you for half the price. Yeah, that sucks. That definitely does. Oh, man. oh anyway. Anyway. Um Tony Khan and his tampering comments. I believe. First of all, there's no such thing as tampering in pro wrestling. This is not in NFL. <laughs> this ain't the I've NFL, said this five right? million times on this no. show. No, you it's you you shouldn't you're not allowed to induce someone to break a contract in a way that causes material financial harm to the company, right? But these are independent contractors. Now they've all probably signed contracts, so we don't know this, but probably all the contracts say you can't negotiate with the competition right. until your contract's about thirty days or ninety days up or like whatever. There's I'm sure there's clauses or whatever. Um, that you're not nominally agreed to, but it's like, you know, if you have somebody painting your house, they're allowed to go like talk to people about what they're going to do next. <laughs> they don't like, you know, put on the last brush stroke and accept payment from you. And then they're like, huh, well, it, <laughs> now, uh, what if I just drive around looking for some bad looking houses? No, you're like you're, you're an independent contractor. That's just the way that you, you know, you can keep looking for work. Yeah. Um, can't induce someone to break a kind of violate the terms of a contract they've signed but it's then it's on the person it's really not on you as the no. other corporation it's a, it's this is it's, there's a lot of misunderstanding about this just google it it's not that complicated but um tony khan saying that ww and his mom was in the hospital mayo clinic that was like inducing people to, or to, to tampering with contracts the only one that this makes sense with as far as i know is the regal thing which he talked about sort of kindly at the time, and we all knew it was a sort of special circumstance. But Regal had only had just signed a talent contract and said, hey, can I go back to WWE and work as behind the scenes because my kid's there? And I guess Tony Khan might have decided it wasn't really about the kid in the after the fact or something. I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, that, that's, this is where it's just getting weird. Just like, put the phone down, man. Like, it's not, it's not helping anything. I'll tell you this, man. Uh, Tony, I hope you're all right, bro. Like, I, I, it don't sound like somebody who is, um, I said on the last episode, he's, he's more Paulie or Tony Dangerously. I'm going to start calling him Tony Dangerously mm-hmm. than, than, than Vince. Oh, yeah, we said point. it last week. It's true. All of the do every single wrestling important you know promoter or whatever would have been a mess on Twitter. Right. I mean, right. let's just let's right. keep it real. So, I mean, I, I, I honestly hope he's all right because it, it doesn't sound like somebody who is, um, has a firm grasp on reality at the moment. Oh, that's too far. I mean, I think he just has a very specific, I think he's, his motivations are in a very specific place. He talked about his mom was dying and saying, 
Then when WWE tampered with the contracts in, that's when it became real to me, important to me. And Listen, it's like, man, well, it's, it's a, have, we can quibble with priorities here. I've had sense. to, I've had to, uh, me and a lot of other people in this world, I've had to deal with people during business or in work when they were going through certain stuff with their family. Like, yeah. I, I've, I've had to deal with stuff when my father was, was passing away, when, you know, me and my, my wife was going through stuff with, with our children, like, just because that happens to happen at the same time as something business-like happens doesn't mean it's a personal vendetta. Totally. It's just shitty fucking timing. So, like, to, 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 in my opinion, and I like Tony, like, in my opinion, just, just cooperating the two just didn't make sense to me. It just seems like you're, you're, you're trying, you're, you're doing the Michael Jordan thing where you're trying to find something to trying to find the motivation trying to find the extra motivation to be like you see what they did when in reality that's not that's you think you think you think triple h was like oh yeah make sure like come on son like really like really that's my whole thing about it you know so i mean i I honestly hope he's all right because i think he's he's wonderful for pro wrestling you know i don't think AEW is i'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not seeing doom and gloom about AEW about people thinking it's going to go out of business or anything type anything like that. But you know, I just man, get him next time, bro. Get him next time, November 17th. You're going up against SmackDown. You got Collision, you got the Dyna, uh, Rampage 2 hour on a Friday night, bro. Just just gather your things. Find out what worked well on Wednesday and then just get him next time, bro. Be a real, but that's what real competitors do. You shake their hand, you look at your competitor's hand, you shake their hand. He said, the better man won this week, but next time we're coming back. And if you lose, so what? I'm still going to well, come back. I mean, I think, listen, I agree with you in principle, but also you're just getting gassed up on this notion that it's like a contest. Like, like you should be happy with what you've accomplished so far. You know, if we're talking about like ticket sales, it's not like, dude, you get like the difference between 3,000, 5,000, 10,000. If you get, 3,000 people in an arena on a regular basis, that is incredibly successful for any good. kind of performance. Especially like, not wrestling specific. Fuck, especially what the fuck Colorado or Shoemaker, Massachusetts. Like. I know, well, no, Shoemaker, Mass has a long and storied <laughs> wrestling history. They come out. It's like Greenville, North Carolina, Shoemaker, Mass. That's where we... That, um, but, no, yeah. You should be super proud. Like, you got TV channels that are like, please give yes. us more content. Yes, you are on Turner Network Television, man. You get lead-ins from the NBA and Major League Baseball. You are doing fantastic. AEW, despite the ups and downs of the past six or seven months, is still the second most successful wrestling company in the world, bar none. Mm -hmm. Like, you can be in way worse situations, you know? And to be fair, like I said on on the show before, the pie chart of WWE and AEW fans are much larger than the we are AEW diehards, we are WWE diehards. I think by and large, the wrestling fan likes both products. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and alienating, you know, one a, a good portion of that fan base is a quick way to get people to tune out and just yeah. be like, oh, so, you, so me watching WWE makes you think I'm some sort of way is what some people may think, not me, but uh, that pie chart of people who are the diehards, you can't afford to lose fans. <laughs> you just can't, you know? So, I mean, I, in, in any case, man, like, just put the phone down. Um, yeah, last week I was just, like, not in the put the phone down camp. Now I'm just like, just put the phone down because, you know what, I don't even care about the... 
Oh, during 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 Tribalism Tuesday, I was super hyped. I was like, oh yeah, get it popping. Like, oh, yeah. like during the show when you're about to actually go one-on-one, I'm like, hell yeah. Do what you gotta do to get people to watch the show. But once he starts bringing all this is when it became personal to me, da da da. Cause let me tell you this. Every single wrestler we've interviewed on the show has all said it has not been personal at all. <laughs> like yeah. every single wrestler, every single one that you employ, every single one that WWE employs. Well, that's it a good personal point. to them. Yeah. So that ain't the best way to, I don't think that's the best way to sort of uh, go about business. As no, far if as you're at a show. job and your boss comes in just like rah, rah, like we're going to kill these guys all the time and everybody in there is sort of snickering at them underneath the br- their breath. You know, right. it's like, that's not a, that's, you know, not a net positive problem. Not at all. Um, not saying that's what's going on, but we've all had that kind of boss. You know, it's like, you're just like, dude, this is a job. It this is a is- job, brother. <laughs> I'm going where they, I, I'm going where the contract and the money takes me, brother. You know, no, I just feel like I know from personal experience, there's some tweets that you send where you're just like, or I could not send it. And you wake up the next day and you're like, whoo, glad I didn't send that because yeah. it would have been, there would have been no upside to it. What's even worse now is if you or send Or text it, messages or whatever, but go on. Yeah. What's worse than the, than the bad tweet is the sent tweet that's deleted and screenshotted. So it says this tweet has been deleted underneath. <laughs> it like adds an extra layer of embarrassment where it's like, man, you probably should have just stood on that yeah. instead of just saying whatever you had to say. But, you know, uh, Tony, somebody just, whoever's near him, if you're listening to the show, uh, I'm sure Tony probably listens to the show, but if anybody who's near him, just give the dude a hug. Just be like, brother, you're doing all. Yeah, don't doing try good. to take his phone away. Give the dude a hug. Just give Guess him a what? hug, man. I want. I listen. I I hope Look I get at- to a point in my life where there's no one to take my phone away. Everyone <laughs> around me is scared at the prospect of taking my phone away. <laughs> so I take my phone away. I'll take their we're, house away. We're good. We're buddies. We'll go out to eat. I'll pick up the bill. We're all having a good time. Whatever. Yeah. But like, no, I'm in charge here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> all I want Tony to do is t- t- for five minutes before a show, put the phone down, look in the mirror and say, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Well, we all know that. And gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> Keep it pushing, you know. It's going to be all right. He's doing great. You are doing great. I know what people say about the Ringer Wrestling Show and AEW, but we are fans of you, Tony. We are fans of AEW. We want you to do well, Okay. Forget the nonsense they say on Reddit. Forget the forget all that. We want you to be okay, brother. All right, Kaz. It don't help get, that I've been watching me and Mary Jane recently. <laughs> and so when you, what did you say? I've been recently rewatching me and Mary Jane. Oh. So when Kaz said, "Go in front of the mirror," is it, okay? <laughs> is it like it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Maybe he's maybe he's just working himself into being a Mr. McMahon character, though. Maybe, maybe. maybe this is the gimmick. Maybe that's maybe that's maybe that is what is gonna. Maybe that's the shot in the arm the company needs. Maybe Tony <laughs> needs to go full McMahon and just be a part of the show now and just just as like a wheels off. Like I yep. like I'm just gonna come on every week and just be like I've just been rating Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> take and take here's what I'm gonna two. do about it. Take a bump or two. Take a take a mm. take a take a stunner. Take a whatever it is, man. You got to start. You're about it. Tony's a year or two away from taking taking bumps. I think. I think he's a year or two away from taking a bump. He's got to do it eventually. Eventually, God. it's the beauty of wrestling. Like people got to see the boss get his ass kicked at least once or twice. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's got to happen. 
I don't know. He's gonna take a. He's gonna take a. He's gonna take a BTE trigger by somebody. At <laughs> 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 one point, he's definitely. Yeah, the problem is all those all the big moves. All the big moves in AEW are a little bit more dangerous than like a taking dangerous. a bad stunner like Vince would do. He could take. A, he could take a. I think he could take a good V trigger. You know what I mean? He does it quick enough. The camera changes just just fast enough. Like he could take a. He could take a nice V trigger. I think. All right, we're, yeah, maybe. 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 This has gone in a weird direction. It has. It has. We're trying to help. <laughs> uh, maybe he's a genius, though. Maybe people, maybe the ticket sales aren't going up because they lowered the prices. Maybe it's because now everybody wants to be there when, you know, to see what happens to make Tony tweet next time. Right. All right. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he's got us all. Maybe he's just working us all. Uh, I don't know. I think as a general rule, talking about the boss's tweets is not where you want to be. No, but, it's definitely not. Tis nuts. Anyway, we got to get out of here. Is there anything else that we missed, uh, Brian? <laughs> no. I think we got it all, man. Yeah. He's shaking his head. All right. <laughs> Sorry. My mic was muted. Uh, yeah, y'all good. Oh, tonight on Raw. Tonight on Raw. Season big premiere. Show. <laughs> big show, big huh? show, big show. Season premiere. Got the tag team championship rematch. Judgment Day versus uh, Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes. Yeah. We got Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Is that for the women's championship? It is, right? Uh, I don't think so. Is it? Oh, I think it's no, a non-title, it's non-title? Yeah. We do have an IC title match. Yeah. Bronson Reed versus Gunther. Oh, that's going to be a slapper. Can't wait for yep. that one. <laughs> and um, uh, Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Damn. That's, that's what we've been announced so far. That's some good-ass matches. Good yeah, that's a lot of stuff. It's going to be good. Can't wait. We'll see. We'll see where it goes, man. No title Tuesday. Tuesday turmoil. But Cody Rhodes will be on NXT. Probably. Oh really? Yeah, he has a. He made one last. Um, he made one last. Uh, mo- Does he have another announcement? GM before midnight. Then I guess he gets to announce it on Tuesday. So, Cody on NXT. I kind of feel like whatever whatever they were planning to have him announce last week was just they're like this is going to get lost in the show. So we'll <laughs> just bump that to next week, but still have him come out here and say something. Make maybe, maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, wait, he's got one more act as GM. Is that what you said? That's what he said. That is what he said. <laughs> is this a, well? This should have been part of our GM conversation. What? What if you're if you're GM for one night only, but your like last act as GM is to make yourself permanent GM? Does that count? <laughs> is it like wishing for a million wishes from the genie? Does that does that work? I mean, maybe. I mean, what if? What if? <laughs> that would be the real. That would be the real hilarious shit, right? Like if Shawn Michael just makes Cody Rhodes permanent GM going forward, so now it's Aldis Rhodes. And Pierce all running the show. (laughs) I'm in. Don't give him no crazy ideas, Dave. Don't give him no crazy ideas. No, Sean should definitely be the one that brings in Tyrus. Sean brings in the (laughs) Funkasaurus. Sean's like, oh, we're just doing NWA champions now, huh? Funk is on a roll. Yeah. Who would be the worst NWA champion to bring in as a new WWE authority figure? That's maybe more interesting. Who would be the worst? I think you said it. Well, besides Tyrus. EC3's (laughs) your current champion. I love um, EC3 though. EC3. That oh. would be a full circle too. The shit, yeah. Matt Cardona is out there, former NWA champ. Mm. Mm. Now you could see Matt Cardona like in a suit, just doing sort of ironic, like, "Yeah, I'm a former NWA champion too." Although he's probably, I don't know, if NXT. I'm, a, I'm already seeing. I'm already seeing the memes from six months from now when the when we got the Cody verse Infinity Gauntlet being made with Cody as Thanos, <laughs> yes, Jade and Wondering. Matt Cardona is another one. He's got like, <laughs> Ricky Starks, QT Marshall, 
Brandy Rhodes, <laughs> the other five. Starting oh, I to forgot get Rob Rob Conway is a multi-time champion. I loved Rob Conway. Oh, that's that's a bridge too far, bro. I don't know. Really? <laughs> Rob Conway, that's that's too deep in my bag, man. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Um yeah, there's some good options on here. Tim Storm. I don't know if you guys remember Tim oh, Storm. Yeah. He's the one that Nick Aldis won the title from, but he is the most like he is a cartoon character of like a of a wrestler former teacher just like you can't he might be 65 he's just like but he might be 40 i'm not sure he's just like (laughs) built like a fire plug Mm -hmm. he had some great vignettes for him during that whole i thought it was so cool that he was like a school teacher while nwa champion like an active school teacher oh yeah well anyway uh he's my vote tim storm new gm of nxt let's bring him in (laughs) um anyway Kaz, you want to get your plugs in on the way out? Yes, sir. Say less with Kaz, Loki, and Rosie. We'll be back very soon. I have an announcement to make very uh, this week with, uh, I'll just say, our new home for our podcast. Thanks for everybody to being so patient and asking, when's the show coming back? When's the show coming back? We're right here, baby. So I can't wait to talk about that. NBA season is right around the corner. Starting next week, you can catch me on Count It. With uh, points bet and fanatics, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday as the NBA season kicks off. And uh, you can catch me on Ultimate Crown Jewel on Peacock, uh, the right the right before Crown Jewel in about two weeks on um, Peacock Network with special guest Damian Priest. And uh, you can catch me on new episodes of This Is Awesome. Coming in two weeks. One with what the is best. ultimate crown jewel? Are we re- are we doing crown like his the the history of crown jewels? So what we did uh, since you know there's isn't a whole lot of history behind it. There's always like a theme to the show, yeah. And we went with just international superstars. So it was just like everybody. Okay. It was like a World Cup sort of theme where we just picked people from different uh, countries and just you know had fantasy matches. It was really fun. And then um you know new episodes of this is awesome with best catchphrases and best wrestling toys. Super fun. Can't wait to check that out and uh, hope to see y'all, see y'all there, man. Oh, my gosh. Wiley Mania announcements coming very, very what? soon as well. Yes, 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 yes. We will have a big announcement at the top of November. Stay tuned, people. Wiley Mania season is upon us. That sounds great. Well, I'll just take all of your announcements too. <laughs> Whatever Kaz does sounds cool. Um, you can find me here. You can find me on the press box. Be sure to listen to all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. GP, Mass Man Show, and Wednesday Worldwide. Uh, we're on every weekday, Monday through Friday. So, you know, if you're not already listening to everything, start listening to everything. Good grabs. Good grabs. Good grabs Wednesday though. Worldwide features our producer, Brian Waters, amongst others. Thank you so much, Brian, for producing this episode. Thanks to EP, Ben Cruz, as always. And apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here on Thursday, humanoids. Peace. <laughs>